Hey, welcome back to Anime Savants, everyone. I am Jordan. I'm James. And let's get started with some news. Once again, it's really short for me. I only got two things. Um, Sailor Moon Eternal trailer dropped. Um, yay. It looks gorgeous. I myself have not finished Crystal yet because that first season of Crystal kind of was like, and then apparently it got much, much, much better. And I plan to pick it back up, of course, especially for this movie. But yeah, the trailer looked gorgeous. You know, it's it's Sailor Moon. It's iconic. No shit. And then Evangelion final trailer. Now, this is also another one that I watched Evangelion years ago, and it's been in a lot of the video games that I play because um, I've probably mentioned this before on here, but I love the Super Robot Tizen video games. And uh, Super Robot Tizen, if you don't know that, is basically like a um, it's like a a mix and mash of like all the popular mecha anime and shows and it's in like a um a strategy rpg style so like all of their moves are like animated in wild ways and stuff like that and they have like combo attacks with people from different series and shit like that like cool that it's literally like fan service mecha the game it's so much fun um and it's not out in america so you have to import that stuff to play it but they do a um asia versions of the game which basically they translate it into english subs so that's how i play all this stuff but the only way that i really even get refreshers on evangelion story is through those games um especially with like the newer characters and like the new stuff that's going on and i'm just gonna say the trailer i do not understand a single fucking thing that's going on but it looked good to me yeah, it's a good looking trailer. I'm priced in to Evangelion everything at this point. So it could come out, you know, with some weird shit and I'd be all over it. Um, but look, yeah. it sounded good. I don't think uh, it's is it stated to come out in January, I think. Is that I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. Salem. I think a lot of I think January is going to be a fucking insane. I thought this time was crazy, but what is there? There's slime. The movies. America's supposed to be getting the Demon Slayer movie at that time. Also, Doctor Stone is supposed to come back. Um, Shield Hero is supposed to come back. Like a lot of shit's happening in January. Yeah, so I would assume that that means like a summer release, probably some limited, some limited release in the U.S. and then a Blu-ray. It's it's always weird yeah. because the Japanese Blu-rays are subtitled usually in English. For, um, oh, for the, really? For the like the non like the Oceania region, like they typically because mm-hmm. they because they they're you know if you're in like Australia, New Zealand, whatever, like you're in the release um, zone uh, for the original like Japanese Blu-ray, and they sell a lot of them over there. So a lot of times they have subs, um, but then you have to wait like six months for the uh, America or EU localization stuff where they you know they'll do a dub. And they'll redo some like production and remastering, and it takes every. That's why it takes so long. Um, so oh, there's a there's a chance. I usually don't care. Yeah, there's a chance that like three months after the regular release, we might at least you know a Blu-ray version might migrate its way somewhere uh, to a Western audience. But I'm not. I'm probably All not seeing that till summer. Is that I'm getting my hands on that fucking Demon Slayer movie before it reaches america one way or another mm, it's gonna be good like i'm refuse to be spoiled on this shit because y'all be trying it the internet really be trying it and i be dodging them like bullets but nah i'm i'm gonna experience this entire movie 
unspoiled. Speaking of movies mm. that I wish uh, didn't exist, the Monster Hunter film got its trailer drop. Oh, God. Ooh, I didn't watch it because I had a uh, feeling I was going to be disappointed. Take it away. Go away. Now, really? I, it was I'll, bad? I'll rescind my, my complaints if it turns out that, like, uh, Ron Perlman is secretly in this movie as, like, yeah. as, like, uh, uh, the general. But other than that, like, it just, I don't know. Someone has said it to, said it best, so I'm not taking credit for this take, but like, it looks like Monster Hunter. You know, the monsters are there. Uh-huh. It seems like the weapons are there. Seems yeah, the like weapons look good. Some of the i like the iconic Monster Huntery things that people do in the game are somehow captured. Are the palicos there? I didn't see any evidence of that, but I don't I don't know oh, if they no. are or not. But so the I think like aesthetically. It's fun. It it gets it, but it doesn't have the soul of those games. The games it doesn't have it, and that's generally Yikes. been true of most live action movies based on based game off or, of games or anime. anime. Yep, it's the like. There's something about the soul mm. of these products that doesn't translate, or at least they have a hard time finding people who can translate it. I think Tony Jaw's in it, so I like I like that. I like Tony Jaw. I think you know. He's fine. Was, was Jamie Foxx in it? Or Mila Jovovich. I don't know who else is in the movie. I mean, it could be other people in there. I don't know. Just Ugh. and the the weird thing is that the American trailer is horrible, but the uh, the international trailer has actually made me somewhat less irritated and, and moderately interested in seeing the movie because it didn't seem like as much of a train wreck as it probably is. But the Amer- the American trailer like just cuts out any explanation of what the fuck is going on and you know they went with like uh american soldiers transported to a world narrative mm-hmm. so like that the your mileage on that may vary um so there's that yeah i i honestly am already not caring now then yeah so like, i'm not super into it but hey maybe it'll make its way to a streaming platform and then I can just shit on it. I'll probably hate watch it and make gifts yeah, of the, yeah, of the probably. bad parts and basically be like, this is what you don't do. Yeah. And also um there's a uh Jojo Bizarre Adventure spinoff that's actually getting a live oh, action. Oh for Rohan yeah, Kishibe. Yeah. And yeah, I, thought that I saw that, that. Yeah, I thought when I, I someone had um tweeted at me a friend of mine because he knew I was into to Jojo and in fact I have not gone and looked at the history of like the jojo uh, pl- uh plays or any of the other stuff that they've done over the last like 15 years to know like is there any of it any good but this just looked like cute so mm-hmm. i had no i had no complaints about that um so well speaking of jojo yeah the i'm actually seeing so much more anime and celebrity well the celebrities i guess that i follow because you know duh but Megan Thee Stallion had those JoJo nails. Yeah. Oh, she's on point. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um. But also, you guys, I apparently I've seen a lot of complaints. I wanted to get her hoodies from Crunchyroll, and I'm seeing so many complaints. So maybe I'm gonna like get the second round. Oh, is it if like they quality do, like, control issues? I think there was some like quality control issues because I've been reading the comments and I'm just like. Some people said that, like, the printing was off-center. And I'm not saying that it's her fault, like, whatsoever. It's just that, you know, I'm just like, eh, I want to support both platforms. But, like, you know, you know um, do a reprint or do do another collaboration. And I will hop in on that one once I know that, like, 
I'm going to get quality for what I'm paying for because I've gotten some really quality ass hoodies for the same price from a lot of the anime conventions. That's cool. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm loving the Megan stuff like that. And y'all, chill out about the Todoroki hair. Like, it doesn't matter what side it's on. At least she fucking did it. Yep. Jeez. So that, that's what's up. So other than that, you know, not too much else. Mostly movie stuff, previews for next season. You know, it's a, it's a, the early days of uh, fall anime. So there's most, I would assume yeah. most of the news is just tied up in, you know, the currently running stuff. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, what should we go to now? Fire Force? Yeah, no, Fire Force, good episode. It's just, uh, the, the team up. So last, the, the last time it was like, okay, we're in a three way, but you know, the hygiene of people kind of got with the program. Um, so there's a couple cool things. If you're, if you're into waifus, you saw Arrow's side boob a lot. So I'm sure that made some oh, people. Oh man. You know what? How Mayo honestly was like really wild this episode i was like i think this is the most that i've seen this character get spotlight and i'm like bruh she's just as crazy as inca oh they're all psychopaths (laughs) yeah every one of them is a psychopath yeah i was like can you chill the fuck out you are all over the place this entire episode that that scene where she was like electrifying arrow i was like okay so this is fan service right yeah, absolutely. this is so fucking obvious but it actually made in a weird way it was fan service that advanced a character a little bit well both characters actually so it was odd yeah. it's odd that arrow that worked dead. out but yeah i thought arrow was dead well she got fucked up for sure yeah for sure, but no, she lived. She survived. Um, the other interesting thing I, was where the scene where uh, uh, Charon actually defends Shinra. Okay, so actually, I actually got spoiled by on that. Oh, did you? <laughs> I got spoiled on that. Yep, yep. Good old, good old Twitter. Good old Twitter spoiled the shit out of me on that. Just ran, um, it was when Charon like first showed up um in the season mm-hmm. and someone just posted that fucking still in the comment thread and i was like now now how far in the future is this so after that happened this episode i kind of was actually like really happy because i was like oh my god so that means uh okay well that wasn't as bad i thought it was going to be like a huge moment right and it actually happened. makes a lot of sense um i i know that for maybe some people who were like really weren't paying attention or had not been spoiled there was a little bit of like, why the fuck did that happen? That was super weird. But actually, they've been saying that's not weird. It's not weird. They've been saying since the first season that the uh, the, the 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 pillars are to be protected. Like that's the job yeah. of all of the like Charon, Arrow. Um, what's the 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 nun? What's her name? Or the maid? Uh, what's Ritu. Ritu. Like their job is to protect the pillars, and they actually take that job very seriously. Like Charon. Never really was trying to kill Shinra when he was fighting him, or at least yeah, you he know. just wants to like incapacitate yeah, exactly. Him in fact, they thought him. they could they could they could knock him out and then take him away, right? Because they their whole thing is they want to assemble all the all the pillars. So it's not yeah. a surprise that if his life was in danger, that Charon would actually defend him. And it's also not a surprise that there's dissent uh, between all of the pillars, their guardians, um, whatever, because they're kind of allowed to do. More whatever, or less, whatever yeah exactly whatever they want to do and they just have like what general orders exactly and they and since they're all insane it's not a surprise <laughs> i mean we saw this even with like show 
uh, in that in that fight, like there's there's a lot of disagreement, and these pillars and guards don't really even like each other all that much. Yeah, they're they're just sort Which of all- also. It puts it in the context of like of how Maya fucking would show. I was just like, oh, yeah. so she just she just doesn't give a fuck. No, she doesn't give a single fuck. I mean, as long as they don't die, they don't really care. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I feel really bad for Gone for Son. Yeah. I real I feel so bad for that kid. I'm just like, bruh, like I don't even know if therapy's gonna be enough for this little man. Well, I like how Rekka was like in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so, like, I would go with, it, uh, for that kind of, like, torture, like, my, like, and then Haumea, I was like, can you chill out? Like, oh, my fucking God. Like, you were literally in three different battles causing chaos. Right. And then, like, the like, shit with Arthur was a, not only was it oh a good God. laugh, but it also made a lot of sense. Oh, my God. I could feel the frustration. I could feel Vulcan's frustration right. in the moment. <laughs> I was literally just like, nigga, if you don't just stab the fucking thing. Yeah, right what now. was that line that he said where it's like his delusions are so inconsistent? Like, I don't know I don't know if I make <laughs> any progress or not. I just I don't know. Like I I I don't even know what kind of character development is gonna come with his ass in the future. Cause right now they're just like he's and he is the Haumea like switch thing. It's just like, nah, go deal with that bitch. Go go handle this. Right. But you know what I'm I'm really enjoying like whenever Vulcan shows up, he always is showing up with a solution from a problem for a pre from a previous battle. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. That's that like, I think is a hallmark not only of Fire Force but Kubo in general. He re- he does remember like he's obviously writing week to week, but he has a long term plan and definitely mm-hmm. makes sure to to even in a show where people are as literally insane you know, in-universe insane. And then also, it's just a silly concept for, a, a you know, a, a characters and the world and everything else. There's a kind of logical consistency that individual characters will will follow over the course of their time in the story. Like, you, it's rare yeah. that you feel like people did something for no reason or that there wasn't some, like, precipitating set of incidents where they're reacting to it in a way that makes sense or at least it's uh it's consistent internally to to them whether it's like you know shinra shinra like when he sees something and someone says something to him he's not a moron he remembers it so if that yeah shit, so that shit comes up later he's like oh yeah the like he reacts in a way where you're like okay this this is not insane and then to um to your point the gadgets which would otherwise come up as sort of like deus ex machina solutions to problems that that mm-hmm. a Vulcan is making we see previews of things all the time we see the characters are learning about other characters and either doing so like when he built you know uh when he built the stuff for Maki that was cool right so you could say to yourself well maybe this guy's gonna like upgrade everyone's stuff and that's his role in the story but his role in the yeah. story is really like what he said what it said from the beginning he's the squad's engineer his, his job is to sit there and look at the problems they have and then try to fix them for the next time they got to deal with it. And that's what he does. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I forgot my favorite part of the episode, which there was a lot of good shit. I mean. Was it my? I, I think I, I could guess. Oh, you fucking <laughs> know I think it I could is. Guess. Yo, I literally. Maki beat yeah, she the fucked shit out, out of that girl. <laughs> Ooh, she beat the shit out of that girl. I was literally like, damn. 
Like, uh, and the sound effects don't really help either. I'm like, yo, I wouldn't be surprised if I heard a bone crack. Yeah. Like she bopped her in the, in her face with like just not even the fucking hand, just like the uh, fuck. What is the wrist? Like she wrist punched that bitch into yeah. submission. Maki is I a brawler. Like, She's a fucking brawler. Oh, she is. And it was also hilarious when like she went into like the final headlock thing and yeah. they did like the flash of her gorilla face. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, man, y'all, I feel like they're having so much fun animating this shit. I love it too. Also, I really love the Corona talking to the fucking president and yes. just like it being dead silence. <laughs> I, he's like, what? I, I'm I'm the idiot? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Okay. Okay, and then he's like, "I gotta find a new job." Right, like his like his character is literally salary man. It is, and he literally he's literally living in his own world. He's literally like, "Well, yeah, I went for the weak ones." Yeah, <laughs> like what? Like like as though he's not doing anything wrong. He's like, "Yeah, I went for the weak ones because they were weak, and I wanted to go for the weak ones." What's what's problem? What's wrong? I love I love yeah, that part. There was a whole lot of like really. This is just a big character episode, which is good. Yeah, like Ritsu's fucking power thing got introduced or whatever. Yeah, that was cool. And I I thought that was interesting how they took because wasn't that that monster from the first episode this season? Wasn't that not part of the manga? I don't remember that. Now someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I I, I thought I went back and checked, and I don't think it was. So they hmm. may, maybe that's a little tying up of a loose end of like yeah. introducing her character better in the show than it was done in the in, in the, the manga. manga i don't know i mean i reserve the right to be wrong because i read a lot of that stuff a long time ago um and so it didn't i didn't even i didn't catch that that uh connection but i thought it was cool that she needed you know a lot of the it seems like a lot of the guardians are second generations um mm-hmm. and so that she needed to like get an infernal in order to be the to create the core of the thing you know so her power could really which work. it's just like how do you even find out you have that kind of power in the first place right what the fuck well there's a lot of like I, I like fire force because we start out with a lot of like very linear kind of powers and then as things have gone on you know different applications of heat to electricity um, to you know, slowing yeah, down like how Maya being Spider Man, right? How may, I was that like, was girl. that was also interesting. She just turned into Spider Man halfway through the episode and ran away. I'm like, this is why your ass is fucking everywhere. Like, god yeah. damn. But yeah, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool little episode. Uh, a lot um, of fun. Uh, okay, what else is there? We had Jujutsu Kaisen this week. Where we were. Oh man! <laughs> okay. oh, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. I um, I honestly was like, I was squirming during that like that scene, man. I'm not even gonna fucking lie. I got really nervous, and I was like, if this is what we're about to get into on a regular basis, I'm just gonna have to prep myself mentally before every episode because. Woo woo woo! I thought the kid was gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> they they do tease you a little bit there. I thought the kid was gonna die, but also I love from the moment that Nobara like got introduced, I loved the group dynamic like immediately. Immediate, it definitely gave me Naruto vibes. Like I'm not even gonna lie, it definitely gave me Naruto vibes. But I still loved it. I love her character, like, like. 
her and Megumi and Yuji together. And then Satoru kind of just basically being like, I'm still bouncing to my own beat over here, but I'm still controlling all the things that are going on. Like, just I'm just trolling like, around. Uh, well, you learn more yeah. about Nobara in like 10 minutes than you do about Sakura in the entire, you know, yes. breadth of the series. And I'm like, and like, as he's explaining this stuff, he's like, yeah, there's a difference between the curses and their location. He was like, these curses are made from niggas in Tokyo who are all on top of each other and it's more potent. Right. He was like, these aren't like your country fucking curses. And I was like, well, what can he mean by that? And then that nail started going into homeboy's neck and I was like, oh, nigga. These niggas are fucking disgusting. That's what he means. Well, I like the fact that they show off within three episodes, which is you know where, where most people enter into a series that you have established the world that they live in. You've established at least one overarching challenge that has to be overcome by the main characters. You've been introduced to the core set of characters and given a, 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 a you know a, a slice of a look at what their dynamic is going to be. And each one of them, you know, we haven't had um, we haven't had an episode for everybody, but like. Even in the limited time that we've had with the squad, we can already tell that the dynamic they're going to have is going to be fun, right? And that no one appears to be like a one-dimensional you know, person. They all have a lot going yeah. on. They have ways in which they get along with each other. They have ways in which they don't get along with each other. There are clearly some uh, personality... I don't want to call them flaws, but personality clashes that are going to be repetitive across the you know the story they're trying to tell. And on top of that, when they introduced Nobara, they did not introduce her as a love interest. Yes. That's not how she was introduced at all. And uh, and I also love how they introduced her motivation. She literally was just like, "Bitch, I wanted to come to Tokyo." <laughs> yeah, I'm trying That's to, it. I'm trying to get big, huh? Clout chasing her. Yeah. Here. Like what the fuck? Like I want to be a model. Like I want to do this, I want to do that. Hopefully I run into my homegirl. Right. But she like, had a bunch of things going on that had nothing to do with anything anybody else was doing. They were all just her own interests. Mm-hmm. Completely unmediated by any of the characters that we met or men in general, which checks off a lot of my boxes in general, you know, myself. Right? Like I yeah. I I like to see that. I like to see um highly motivated female characters doing their own thing. And I was interested. I was like, are they going to make her just like a cold-hearted bitch who doesn't want anything to do with them? And I was like, no. No, she's not. Like, she's so full of personality. Like, it's just so... Uh, is it... Ref- I, get, I wouldn't even say, yeah, it's refreshing. She, I just, I just think that she, she, as a design, fixes a lot of problems in the, in the things that you see typically in these types of shows. And and she fixes them, or as as written, she is fixed by just being a complete person. That's all you have to do is yeah. show up with a cl- clearly defined personality, a backstory and a history that plays into your decisions and behaviors. Um, show off your the the character's reaction to challenge, which we got in a couple of different ways, both being disappointed at, at her. Uh, uh, her circumstances, who she's going to be teamed up with and essentially forced to live with and be friends with versus her actual goals in life. This actually reminds me of, um, oh, what what is her name from uh, My Hero? Um, the uh, Ur- Urara? 
Oh, Ochako. The, the, oh, yeah, the, Urara. Yeah, the, gravity. Yeah, the gravity girl. Yeah. Like, yes, she is interested in our main, even though that's not really a storyline. It's just a, yeah. it's just a fact. She says off rip that her goal for being a hero is to it's make her money family. and make money for her family. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like that. In, I, I just happen to, I like that because that, that's real. That's just some real shit. Good episode, I think. We have the, the team together. So the preview for next episode, shit gets hairy. Um, um, yeah, that little like little monologue at the end, and they were like, one of them dies. I was like, oh, here we go. Yep. Here we go. And then even just, yeah, the preview, the way that that curse looked, I was like, yo, Fucking what? disgusting. Like, yeah, man. I, was, I mean, the design is cool, but I'm still, yeah, I was like, oh, this is creepy. Yeah, so like, this is... Ugh. I, I like Jujutsu Kaisen also, whether you watch it or read it, because it very quickly gets off the track of your typical shonen stuff. Like, you can argue the, the you know, the first few episodes covered maybe, like, five or six chapters, and if you're a reader mm. or a watcher, you're like, okay, I can kind of see the formula here. Um, you know, it's it's taking cues from this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. It very quickly starts doing its own thing. And this is sort of where that kicks in even more than what you've already said. So I like that that uh, it's it, the adaptation is also really well paced. So yeah, real happy with that. Um, so I don't know what else to say, but it is just a solid weekly show. For me, it kind of sucks that it's on a Friday release schedule because like I like to start my week with something good to get me through it. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still fine. I th- I think it's. Um, Everything I wanted. So, very happy. Oh, Standing on a Million Lives. Yeah, I, I'm i pleasantly surprised by this show. I think So, this week, I don't know if we really talked about like the, the what happened in the first two episodes, but um, each yeah, episode seems to, yeah. or every other episode seems to take on a, a bit of a formula in which like you have the, the main characters, they're involved in a quest, they overcome that quest, and then they get a new... Um, character introduced and added to the party, presumably up to some. I don't. I, I don't know if in the opening they ever really show what the full squad is supposed to be. But if they keep this mm-hmm. pace, you'll probably get like a new character every other week or so up until the the core finale. Because I know the manga is run is ongoing. Um, so from episodes two and three, uh, we got the resolution of the troll quest it was a troll right yeah the troll yeah i thought that was actually really cool because we got to see the 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 main character stop being an asshole very quickly like he's still an asshole but like you know yeah i i you know like i i i may have i would have liked to maybe drag that bit of development out of a teeny teeny tiny bit but he kind of gets with the program and starts to once the the sword chick dies, what is her name? I should probably know this. I'm gonna be. This. Um, what is her name? But anyway, uh, one his his second party member dies, and as I think it's is it a uh, Kusue? Like he leaves her in the village. Somehow, you know, he's training out, killing goblins bit by bit, and then she just he gets a notification that she's dead. So that sort of like kicks the episode into gear, where he realizes that now if he dies, it's, they're all dead. Um, and I thought it was really cool at the end how they figured out how to, uh, he, like he changed jobs into a chef 
and then cut a hole into the thing's stomach. Yeah. Which was which was neat. And then uh, the other girl, like, and then he, she blasted wind into the into a incision he made in the brain area or the head area, which was like a pretty brutal kill. And then they kind of they kind of just won, so I thought that was neat. And then the third episode, which is the one that aired this week, we got introduced to um, Yuka Tok- Tokitate. And one thing I do like about the show is a lot of these characters ain't shit. Like, like she wasn't shit. She was basically getting harassed by a bunch of girls, and you think it's like a typical like oh, I'm gonna save you from these bullies situation but she drops later that actually she was alive she she live streamed with one of the girls and i guess mm-hmm. had been like gossiping about her on the live stream um in a really rude way so they were actually getting so revenge they, yeah they were actually getting back at her rather than just picking on her for no good reason and it's and she's like an otaku so he's initially uh, uh yusuke is like initially like really into her he's like oh is this how i'm gonna get my first girlfriend like this is awesome and then like it becomes very abundantly clear that she's just as much a degenerate as he is and then she instantly yep. falls in love with with eu and they have a, actually a good back and forth that again just talks about issues that two girls might have not relevant yeah, and to I, anything else i enjoyed that I enjoyed that little conversation where she basically recognized she was like, "I'm so petty." Yeah, <laughs> that was good. She she was she was on her hands and knees. She's like, "I'm just petty." Also, I thought it was hilarious how um, she told him about that um, Otome game. Yeah, that's right. And then he played it for two down. weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I just wasted two weeks of my life." <laughs> I <was just> like, <laughs> I think that's a very relatable <laughs> series true, of events. I was like. I've done this before, yeah. like not on an Atome game, but just like, oh, this okay, someone recommended this and up, oh, this is all I'm going to be doing because yep. <laughs> I'm so invested in this now. Wow. Yeah. And I was Man, worried this would be a, like a harem situation. I feel like in some ways that joke was meant to poke fun at people who thought that that might be true. Because like, isn't mm-hmm. the, didn't you say it's like, uh, uh, they're like boy, uh, like pop idols like male pop idols. She's like she's like trying to explain to him uh like the the basis of the game and then gets really embarrassed and just runs away. <laughs> so I thought it was good. That was, it was I I yeah, I am um, I'm enjoying it overall. I I really want I'm interested to see like what the rest of their classes are going to be or if it's all going to be focused like solely on him. Right. And then also like as far as like the magic, I'm just like, holy shit, the magic users are gimped. Yeah, so they hard suck ass. Beginning. Everything about it like, sucks. But it's also oh funny. It's funny when like they think they're about to do something big and in my head I'm like Yo, We all knew that she was it was gonna be trash. She was like, I was born for this. She had like the, the, the magical girl like the sequence girl, in her head. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was. Uh, they said it just it warmed so, an area like twenty centimeters around the, the staff. That was some pretty cute ass shit. That's what that was. I was like, this is pretty cute. This bitch. Yeah, that was for you. This is. I didn't. I, I didn't fully I, get it, it but I knew that it was something like that. <laughs> oh man! As soon as the girl showed up, and then the other one showed up, I was just like, these two are going to be in this series. I have a feeling. Yeah, that was like, funny. They're gonna keep bringing the magical girls back up. That was pretty funny. Also, I like how. He he, uh, Yusuke now like gets a little bit of you know, little he has a little bit more familiarity with how the system works, and so when he he just got irritated. He also has a like he also kind of has a body now. Yeah, he's like I just started when, like, training. Let's go. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay. I was like, you 
he, I mean, I mean, not that he shouldn't be taking it serious, but I'm just like, damn. Yeah, well, he was a schlub, and I think one of the sub, you know, not not so subtle, but like the sub themes of the show is just about self improvement in general. So I'm I'm fine that that's a part of it, and I'm happy they didn't beat the audience over the head with the like the idea that oh now he's getting in shape, and then all these girls are like ooh this nigga over here like no he's still just a schlub like and they don't like him very much and they think he's a degenerate you know along with you know they, i guess they all kind of think each other are degenerates in some way but it's a it's a cute show happy to see at least where the mystery is going if the if the if whatever twist which there likely will be pops up you know midway through the season and it's interesting enough then I, you know i'm happy to give it a nice little b minus c plus and have it sit on the back burner but I think I mentioned earlier, like, there are shows that I'm into stylistically a little bit more, like Akudama Drive and so on. But I've just realized, like, my schedule, I cannot watch everything. So there may just be, like, a cycling in and out of whatever my, you know, th- third or fourth show is on a weekly basis. And I'm happy to catch up on a lot of this. But I think Standing on a Million Lives is pretty good. So other than that, the only other thing that I was really keyed into this week was Q. I know that I'm watching that. And Jordan, you're not. Um, mm-hmm. All I'll say is that this week was a Tanaka episode. And the nice thing about Haikyuu is that you have these fairly large teams that you're introduced to a lot of characters on these teams. And they're there, you know, for story purposes. But what I found is that people tend to get attached to, like, their characters of choice. And there's a lot of them, so it means that there's not necessarily a lot of time to spotlight everybody. But most of the main cast gets multiple episodes to shine on their own. And this was this week's episode was more focused on Tanaka's growth as a competitor and also as a character. And we've had a couple of those over this season. We had one where um, he was we, we find out about a, a, a girl that he might be interested in who's also playing volleyball. And that was cute. It wasn't like played up for um for comedy it was just it seemed sort of normal like what a 14 year old 15 year old boy might deal with um and then this episode we got it was it was obviously like on the court action and so we showed we were shown how tanaka is responding to not playing well and getting over it. and the thing i like the most at least a highlight for me was his sister pointing out as the show is sort of like leading you to believe that he's having all this pressure piled on to him and maybe he's going to break. I mean, the name of the episode I think was like heartbroken or something like that. Broken heart. Oh. And so, you know, you, it leads you to believe that maybe something really bad is going to happen. But what really goes down is he makes a couple of like not so great plays. He starts to get picked on by um, the uh, middle blocker for the other team who stuffs him a couple times. And then everyone kind of rallies around him and he continues to play and and he keeps his head up and that's kind of like the the arc of the of the episode it was a cute moment i think when his teammates realized that like you know maybe he was not feeling so great and they just congratulate him on the things that he had done well and tried to make him feel good and important and get his head back in the game and that was it. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it was just a nice, solid character building episode that focused on, you know, what I would say is like maybe like a C tier player in the scheme of the show. 
Um, and someone who doesn't get a lot of screen time, but we've developed with him. So yeah, cool. I love it. Haikyuu is good every week. It's comfort food. It's like a nice, you know, warm piece of cake. Uh, it, I, the animation was pretty good this week, though there wasn't like, there were really weren't any standout sequences. I think maybe there was, um, one really good low receive that they animated from an interesting angle, but there wasn't actually a lot of action. Uh, it was just solid so really happy with that we'll be watching that every every week and enjoying it because haiku is my thing it's just good well on my little thing i'm just gonna tell everyone to watch the first episode of talentless nana um i i know it's going around it's like you know a my hero ripoff and woo just gonna say woo and wow and holy shit for the end of the first episode so and do not watch the opening of the series before you watch it or else you're going to be extremely spoiled but yeah that's it's i honestly honestly it's a sleeper like i was not expecting to like you know watch it and be like yeah like yeah i'm gonna watch this every week like no matter what, it's there, et cetera. And now I'm like, oh, I'm tuned the fuck in. Like, I'm watching this one. So then, yeah, I guess we can just move on to, like, you know, some some topics, some short, you know, to the point topics or just things that we've been really wanting to, you know, just chat about in general since they're on our mind. They're not particularly hot takes. They're just observations of things. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not, not a rant. I think this week, for me, I dipped a toe into the Dragon Ball fandom, more or less by accident. I don't follow Super, um, either the manga really or when the, the uh, seasons are running. The short short point is that it seems like they're gearing up to bring it back next year, um, the anime, which will probably cover the Moro arc, which is running right now. I don't know very much about mm-hmm. it, um, other than it's been polarizing for some people. Um, but one of the, one of the consistent comments that I've seen come out of or bubble out of the Dragon Ball fandom itself is that super, the super manga looks good, but there's a lot of nitpicking around individual decisions about what's done with certain characters and so on. Anything you, what you would expect from a fandom. And I don't begrudge anybody their opinion about this stuff. I certainly have my own opinions about how I would prefer to see some things done in titles and not done in others. Totally fine. One of the weird parts about something as big as Dragon Ball, though, is how much access is given um, to fans from the creators or the or the creative staff. I can't. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to think of other examples. Other than like maybe some of like the big MCU movies where there's sort of like there's such a big deal and they're going to touch so many people that you get this like steady stream of information backstage stuff while these movies are filming a lot of the time. And so that sort of becomes fodder for rumor mills and prognostication and so on. But to give you a level of like, I don't know, uh, like what what's happening with the Dragon Ball folks so, and I didn't know this was true. Apparently, sometimes the editors will release in-progress drafts of certain pages of from upcoming chapters. I don't know exactly how or why they are released. It's probably, I think, through, like, magazine 
interviews or other things that are happening. But regardless, they get out there. And then those pages, which are unfinished and are really more, you know, rough drafts than anything else, uh, get poured over by folks in the community and they use them to derive, you know, their various theories or figure out where the story is going. And that's fine. But then things are sort of kicked up to another level, which I, I, I find very concerning. Just this idea that like because they know who's working on certain items and because there is still a healthy amount of division about how they want, and I would say they loosely to mean just like the, the fan community, wants mm-hmm. certain story elements to be explored or explained or certain things to happen to certain characters or not happen to others. Basically nitpicking every little detail of everything it turns what is otherwise like i think a fairly intimate look into the creation of a beloved franchise into like a feeding frenzy where in my opinion anyway just having dipped my toe in it for a couple of days to see like how people react to this stuff it's just super unhealthy like one example is that um it's well known that toriyama doesn't necessarily handle all of like the paneling or the individual dialogue or anything else he's really more on like uh, executive producer status so he'll get stuff sent to him and occasionally he'll like clean up a face or redraw something or make a suggestion about like a line of dialogue but mostly that's yeah. not on him there's this, a whole staff um behind the super manga that is taking care of all that stuff which is cool the the problem becomes when you know you have like in progress pages coming out and people look at them and say you know what i don't like this particular thing that's happening or the 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 half done rough draft seems to confirm or not confirm a particular fan theory in which case it sets off you know a whole you know the, the a whole side of twitter a whole part of youtube complaining criticizing nitpicking it gets to a point where i wonder if a lot of these people even enjoy the thing that they are they claim to love so much because it's it 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 just they come off as fans who just don't know how to love anything in a healthy way so i yeah so it's just weird say as far as like their incessant commenting to the point where it's like detrimental to like the enjoyment of the overall fandom um i honestly think that might come from a place where this might be like this is one of those things that like they know about the most about or you know like you know you have dragon ball con dragon ball z content creators and stuff like that right. and just i feel like for some people like that fandom is a key part of their existence and self-worth and so they go so hard on it simply because like that is the that is the like the focus of their not to say like their existence but like you know their passion like that's the only passion that they have so then they run the shit into the fucking ground and then are confused when it's a turnoff to others that's how i see it and you're probably right i just think that if you love something that much tearing it down before it exists seems like a very that's dis- a crazy thing too yeah it seems like, like a very these- destructive way to love a thing like, I don't have a problem with piece of art gets produced, fans of that art pick it up, they have a reaction to it, 
they walk through their reaction. It could be good or bad. It could be toxic or not toxic. They're allowed to have whatever feelings they want to have and express them. I got no issue with that. It's the idea that you're interrupting and sort of like an in-progress activity and in a weird way trying to like steer the ship but kind of steer it out to the fact like think of think about it if you get a a a work in progress page off of the upcoming chapter of your favorite book right you so you 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 kind of see what the author wants to do what the characters is going on with what dialogue is there like all that stuff you now it's in your hands could you imagine like trying to tweet at his editor or her editor to get them to change something that you don't like on a page that you probably shouldn't be commenting on because it's not done anyway. Like there's just a level of like over the shoulder kind of piloting that I don't agree with as someone who tries to do creative things here and there. Like it just doesn't work, you know, at best, even if the, these creators were being directly responsive to fans i don't think that would necessarily generate a better product like everyone yeah you know if you're a dragon ball head mad people are pissed that gohan sucks that's yes this is a known thing (laughs) yelling at toriyama or his editors to like change a line of dialogue or not have him get like bitched out off of one move in some chapter of the upcoming manga is not going to fix that problem anyway so like why do it why why go down that road why not just like love the parts that you love and then be irritated by the parts that irritate you and don't pretend like you've got this agency that you don't have you can review but beyond that i don't know it just it was just a whole Mm -hmm. i never really get into fandom so like to dip my toe into those waters at all just left me with a bad taste in my mouth the only thing I can think of that is a uh, comparable in my own life to that is that I'm into like professional wrestling. And so I know for oh, a fact boy. that wrestling fans are among the worst like fans of anything that you'll ever find because they hate wrestling more than they love it for the most part. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. But I actually don't think that that's that's unusual. It's like familiarity breeds contempt, right? Like you're you're mm. so into something and you've created in your own head rules about how it's supposed to be done that more or less are like your interests, but not necessarily like what is the best idea for a performance, right? Like, and I know that you do voice, so you would understand that like there might be someone who prefers a certain type of of singing or a certain type of song construction or or vocal range. And then when they don't get it, they think that anything that's not doing it is bad. Whereas it's just oh, their interest. Yeah. It's a lot of these people running these programs. Of course. Yeah. So so I, I think yeah. that like that's the difficult part where, you know, Dragon Ball is like a I don't know if it it must have grossed many billions. I don't know what the net of the entire franchise is, but it's a multi billion dollar entertainment franchise. There's a reason why it makes a lot of money. And the things that might make Dragon Ball a better story or have make the characters more interesting or make more sense may not necessarily be the things that make the most money. So there's also like that part of it too, which you see in all fandoms, which is a lot of the fixes that people have aren't necessarily economically viable ones, right? Like we hate this character, kill her off. Maybe that character sells a lot of merchandise. So no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so no. Yeah. 
that's not happening. So I, I just, mean, I just, I, I. Case in point, Goku. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole the Goku saga, the multiple. Go- I mean, I like for example, if you go play um, Dragon Ball Fighters, like fighting games don't have big audiences. Dragon Ball Fighters sold a lot of copies. Mostly on the back of the fact that it was Dragon Ball, you know, like it's a, there's a hardcore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there is a hardcore community. There's a competitive community, but they would probably account for less than ten percent of all the sales of that game. So when they go to like monetize that game and sell character packs and other things, it's not a surprise that they're like eight different Goku's in that game because every time to they be release honest, one, it's like people so are gonna annoying. buy it. And I do buy it. I still bought it. You know? Yeah. And, the, and you know, yeah. some people like joke about it. But could you imagine if like there really was a contingent of folks who were screaming at the developers, stop adding Goku's, stop adding Goku's, add my favorite character that was in one movie that isn't even canon anymore. They would be so cool. <laughs> like, no, they're going to do what is economically viable. Like these things cost money to make. They cost time to make. So they need to make their money back if they're going to invest in it. And people buying Goku's are not going to buy fucking... I don't know, uh, uh, Pan, who I love, right? But like, no, they're not going to put Pan in the game before the, the I, Ultra they Instinct Goku. Get the fuck out of so here. so hard. They ignore her. Yeah. There's no way she's getting the, what, GT Pan? Yeah, GT Pan. Uh, they already I, put I, GT um, uh, Goku. Goku in. So it's like, why Why not? But, 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 the, but the point is like, I'm not going to pretend like there aren't other considerations that go into how things are done and why things are done that go beyond just what makes a story better or what I would personally like. And I, I, I just, I just want to find a, a healthy fandom. Can I get like, can we get like the BTS fandom to like no. move over into other places? What? Aren't they nicer? Aren't, don't they do like no. social justice stuff? No, no, they're bad. I mean, okay. Yeah. They're okay. All bad. Well, they well no, they do do social justice stuff, but the BTS stands are are they ruthless oh they're ruthless are you kidding who, who's me? not ruthless are they friend? like black pink or somebody um i don't know i feel like the black pink the black pink stands are pretty you know chill but I, what i see a lot with a lot of like you know k-pop stands or at or especially with the bts stands is that um if you say anything like critiquingly about them they will come into your mentions and drag you and basically they'll be like you're racist towards asians oh no they're they're like you know the most popular group in the world how could you not like them unless you're a racist and blah blah like it's it's pretty wild like i had a friend who made a video about the mtv music awards or something and i apparently bts performed there and he all he did and he didn't even put it in the description of his video he didn't mention bts anywhere but i guess one of his followers is a bts stan and they circulated his video and the bts stands came to his comment section and literally they were like you're ignorant you don't appreciate good music this this that oh because he did not mention bts no because well no he he mentioned Ah. he just said that he didn't really care for their performance but when he advertised the video bts was nowhere to be found the only way you knew that he spoke about bts is if you watched the whole video oh so they were talking that so so they they took it as he's talking that shit well okay bts people when i have no hate i love me some beautiful boys let them go do their thing (laughs) i got no problems whoever the wherever the healthy fan community is i don't know that i've yet to find it but like 
a healthy fan community. We gotta, we gotta like encourage some folks to like really step back. Also, the idea that like there are the, and I know this is true, but like content creators whose entire worlds revolve around one franchise of anything. Oh boy, that's just a. That's kind of dangerous, yeah. to be honest. I don't know. I guess like you could. Dragon Ball probably makes the most sense. I don't know how much how what the what the actual like uptake on that audience really is, but they they're out there. But like I know some One Piece oh. One Piece folks who are like they're not they don't seem all that terrible. But yeah, I mean maybe it's you know the the one of those it's the loud minority thing. Oh sure, certainly. Like it's they like yeah, there're tons of people in the fandom, but like these these ones, you know, are just, they just can't shut the fuck up. And they just keep getting, you know, whether it be an algorithm or it's, you know what? Shock and outrage, they they sell. And I don't know what they're trying to sell, but it's like, you know, if those people are the ones that are just going to be screaming from the rooftops continually, eventually someone's going to be like, this guy's always yelling about this. Come laugh at this. And then in actuality, it's like, oh, well, actually, I agree with him. Like, we should have this more in fandom. And, blah, 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 blah. and it's just like, okay, well. And it's it's a it's a circle joke. Yeah, I didn't. I also it, didn't realize like how much, um, I don't know, energy there was in like theory crafting for anything. Like... Oh, people love that shit. Yeah, and I should have known. Um, the quick quick sort of aside so about 10 or 12 years ago i uh, along with a few other folks wrote and developed a a, a game um mm-hmm. and i was the both a designer and the writer and so i wrote a lot of the like the lore behind it and i thought it was fun you know i was in college i was fooling around um i enjoyed it i was trying to you know just get more experience writing and you know it was not i would say like now 10 years later it's not my best work at all but it was it was cool for what it was, and it, it's weird. It's a very surreal feeling to like go onto a message board and see people debating over ideas and concepts that you came up with, and trying to like fit them into bigger and broader. I don't know theories, and you just sort of like it's cute on one end, but it's also a little like eerie on the other um mm. so i don't know like that i've had a little bit of a brush with that uh but it wasn't on the level of like you know going onto youtube and finding creators with hundreds of thousands or millions of views in a panel format going over my decision to like draw one character's arm slightly bigger than the other or like whatever like they were arguing about like some dude getting a sense of being and like wouldn't it be good if goku just like ripped his throat out and Took the like I was like uh, no <laughs> no what I I'm not gonna get into it whatever it is what it is I can hmm. I can see but then at the end of the day that all that is is still just like you know a what if it's like for I guess for me personally I only have so much energy to put into something until like the next thing comes out and then I'm like oh okay so that thing that I said actually came true so these are the three other things that I think might happen based off of this, or I can be like, I'm completely wrong and I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but I'm going to enjoy the ride. Right. Imagine going like 10 levels deep on like Boruto theory crafting. Only for you to be (laughs) continually disappointed. Right. Like, yeah. If a lot of these people are so creative, they might as well just make their own stuff. 
Like, they're not stupid. Just go write your own thing. It would be cool. That's true. But then also you have to, like, consider that, like, those people either don't have the same drive or they just don't want. Yeah. I guess it comes down to drive and, like, you know, do they have the same capabilities to produce a similar product yeah because there are definitely people out there who are doing it like there are people who are just like especially a lot of black creators like there are a lot of like black anime content creators out there making their own like manga like and it's a lot of it looks good i have not read the majority of it but like if there are people out there who who do do that and you can see the influences from other series and you can also simultaneously see them not basically being like oh yeah i'm circle drinking off of this shit and this is going to be a complete carbon copy of something else because i actually was in a streamer's um stream the other day and uh of course i was watching someone play genshin impact and the cannon busters came up and the guy said, you know, um, I have a lot of thoughts about Cannon Busters, and this was a black streamer. And I basically commented, and I was just like, you know, Cannon Busters was, did what it did. Like, it did some things right, but a lot of it was just, you know, him copying anime tropes. And they were like, actually, I completely agree. That's one of the best ways that I've heard someone put it. It's just that, like, you know, it lacked individuality. Like, it wasn't his own creation. It kind of was just like, okay, these are, like, the character templates that I have. And then, okay, what what are some of the most, like, popular um, themes or, you know, story arcs or something from, like, some of the most classic or, like, currently banging anime? All right, I'm going to incorporate that into my story while at the same time completely ignoring all of your original characters. Right, and this kind of goes to what... Um uh I, and by the way i i've heard a couple of pronunciations now so i should probably look it up is it jj akutami or gege akutami i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not sure i think I, i've heard i've heard uh jj akutami but anyway um the woman behind uh uh jujutsu kaisen like mm. her pov on a lot of like what's come before is okay look at these characters look at these dynamics here's stuff that works let's try to fix up some of the things that partially work but failed for reasons that she or other people identified and put a different spin on it. I think that's a pretty fair way to move forward. I mean, and you see it in art all the time. Um, that's what the sort of sequential evolution really should be, is that you try to address issues, not just copy them. Like, you can love dragon ball but it doesn't mean that if you're given the opportunity to write something for yourself you just write worse dragon ball what keyword worse yeah dragon ball and, and i'm saying worse in the sense of you're not addressing any of the problems or advancing any of the ideas anywhere um derivative and not as creatively unique is what i'm saying is worse but worse could also be you know written poorly it could also be uh you know missing some essential element or even just being like trying to write the same story but doing it second i know that a lot of people didn't know anything about journey to the west and as a result they see dragon ball first and then see the original stories translated in like a a chinese movie or something else and think that oh well this is just a ripoff of of dragon ball of dragon ball right which is not remember there was um there was a son wukong movie that came out a couple years ago in china that 
was big enough that they previewed it in American theaters. I don't know if it ever had a wide release in the U.S., but like if you went to the YouTube comments, people were like, "Oh, the Chinese are just ripping off Dragon Ball. Where's Goku?" Like it was so stupid. But you know that's their fault. That's not the creator's fault. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just a well. On on another note, I guess I would say, um, speaking of like, you know, healthy fandoms or healthy fandom practices, one of the best ways to get me to not want to be interested in your fandom is for your fandom to be um, nonstop spoiler posters all over. And I definitely understand that, you know, when you are researching certain things like you know you can't help but be spoiled because you know if someone has a power up that's permanent and it would be, you're like a couple volumes in of course you know of course yeah you're gonna see that but i had like a recent spoiler with the promised neverland that i was on a thread that had nothing to do with promised neverland it had something to do with just like you know just like you know what was it it was something about people posting like you know um who, what, what anime character that they like thought that they looked like or whatever. And so, you know, people were posting things and the person that posted the spoiler didn't even post their own picture. They posted the spoiler and they said, oh my God, can you believe this happened? <laughs> and it kind of was just like, um. <laughs> well, I guess now we, I have to. Great. <laughs> yeah. And also like, what are you doing in this thread? Like you, you. <laughs> You wanted to spoil it so bad that you came on a completely foreign Twitter thread to sp- to talk about it, as opposed to going into the fandom where there are plentiful people for you to already talk to it about. So that in and of itself, I'm kind of just like, is this what you niggas do with this kind of stuff? Like y'all just y'all just drop in the spoilers because one of the main draws of the promised neverland is the story and like you know what could happen in the future with that and when you do things like that it kind of turns people off because me myself i'm not gonna be turned off for it because i love that fucking show but someone else they might see this stuff and be like oh well they just be dropping spoilers all over the place so you know it's it i'm not gonna get the full experience because i probably have seen things that i shouldn't have seen from jump yeah spoiler spoiler culture is a is a tough one because you have the like you know if you go back even to like the for a lot of people in our generation like what was the what were the like sort of the touchstone media stuff it was harry potter um Mm -hmm. and then prior just prior to that the lord of the rings movies things that were like big cultural sensations but they were based on stuff that was already very popular and you know, may have been just getting adapted late, but I could, rec- but I remember like, you know, being 10 years old, nine years old at the library. Oh, remember the library and like reading Lord of the Rings or the <laughs> Hobbit and thinking they were the best thing I'd ever read and being so excited about it. And maybe I was the only person that I knew for a while who had read those books, but you know, they were important to me. And then you fast forward five or six years and you start to get like movies that are popular that are based on that thing. And you want to go in and you want to talk about it. You want to share your excitement for things that are yet to happen, scenes that you hope that they, you know, bring to the big screen. And there is a tension because there's a new set of fans, maybe people who weren't familiar with the books, or maybe they're getting into the books, but they're just 
doing it contemporaneously with like the movie. Uh, the same goes for like Harry Potter, which I was not into, but a lot of people around me were. Where like it's it's hard to figure out what the line is. Now I know if something is if if some people say, oh well, it's about the how long ago was something published, right? But honestly, mm-hmm. probably that's that's a bad standard. I mean, like if you want to be surprised by what happens in you know the the return of the king and that's a book that has existed for 60 years it would still suck if somebody came up to you and kind of like took away your agency to be surprised and amazed by what's going on by then telling you well you know uh, and laying out the story of like you know at the battle of blah 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 blah, this is what happens which they do do which they do 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 that they absolutely do it but i think that the for me i've never been someone who you could you could tell me the whole story. You could give everything away. I'm not going to be any less excited to like see the thing. I don't necessarily want to be spoiled, but like I've never had a spoiler event happen where I was like, "Man, now I can't watch this thing and enjoy it just as much as I would have without it." Like, you know, if I'm into something, I'm into it. But what bothers me more is not losing out on the excitement. It's the fact that this person didn't consider me didn't consider that maybe I wanted to have a certain experience that they didn't have or didn't think they, was they got to enjoy themselves. Right. But, you and, know, uh, but again, and some people, they don't that what makes them get into a show or a series or any kind of media may not be the surprise. It may be the fulfillment of a certain uh, feeling that they want. So I know people who won't watch shows if they think that um, a character is not going to, grow and have a very specific type of moment they could you know like uh uh if you know something is like a classic greek tragedy and what they really want is the moment of the character beating the bad guy when in fact it's the whole purpose of things is to get to the dental ma right it's to to mm. have the mo- the the catharsis and then maybe the person dies or something bad happens like they won't they will completely throw away a series a movie a book if they think that they're not going to get that, this actually came up with um, Jujutsu Kaisen, where there were people complaining on the internet after episode one that because Yuji Itadori starts the series super strong physically, that yeah. they felt like they weren't going to get moments of him going through power growth that would be important enough for them to warrant watching it. Right now, I'm not going to go and spoil them and say, well, actually, you know, this is what's going to happen to him. So you should watch it. But, you know, the, I, I don't I don't like the idea that, like, you can have your own standard for what you enjoy and then not think that other people might have a different one. So when you go out and promote your faves, you only take your own enjoyment into account in how you do it. And I think that's what leads to a lot of the bad behavior around spoilers is just a lack of consideration. So I will always get angry about that, even if it doesn't ruin my actual enjoyment of whatever it is. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But still, stop it. Yeah, y'all. don't stop do that. It. Especially if y'all, yeah, yeah stop be, it. Be, be selective, right? Don't you want to be the guy who, or girl, or in between, who wanted uh, and was able to create this great environment where a person that you know or don't know is it now excited for something that you're excited about? Don't you want to create more of those moments rather than take them away? You, I don't want to be the person that like made someone not enjoy the thing that I enjoy. 
right? Like that would suck because that's one less person that now I can vibe with and talk about how cool this or that other thing is. If I if I ran them off because I was an inconsiderate piece of shit and told them the ending of their favorite story and that's the one thing that would get them to not finish it, like nah, fuck that. Be nice. Just think about other people. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. So now. It's time for the anti-recommendation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So normally we try to end with something that we think uh, others might find enjoyable for some reason or another. Stuff we're watching, stuff we're reading. Um, this week is a little bit different. So <laughs> happily in 2020, foreign cultures, especially the United States, are very easy to get over with other people, whether it's new food, whether it's new music, whether it's media like anime or movies. It's all so accessible. It's all online. Everyone is sort of leaning into uh, everybody else's cool stuff. And much like, you know, your your favorite foreign film making it over into the mainstream of the United States or your, your uh, domestic pop music um, suddenly <laughs> blossoming overseas... Anime and manga is becoming more and more mainstream. And so I have always been a, a proponent of stuff that allows you to not be embarrassed for your your obsession or your, your fanning and standing. Okay? So I say, so, so I go out there, I try to find all the best things so I can bring them home to my people who may not yet be indoctrinated and say, this is cool. This week's anti-recommendation is something that makes it more difficult for me to have those conversations. It is a manga called Dog Nigger. I didn't make that up. The title is Dog Nigger. Oh, I'm going to Google. Okay. And I'm just going to read you the description so that all of you can understand why this is something that needs to be hidden from sight and not promoted in any way to anybody. The description for Dog Nigger reads as follows. Rex is a half-man, half-dog. He was created when a drunk old man forced himself on a stray female dog in the street. Because of his father, Rex has to live his life as a freak rejected by society. So one day, he's going to find that man, and he's going to rape him. (laughs) It's on volume. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my God. So, these are the things that make um, it hard to be a fan. Um, <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. This makes it more difficult. <laughs> Dog nigga. Published in 2020. Am I, uh, I, <laughs> with cat bitch on the front yep. of volume three. <laughs> Why does this have a 7.69 rating? What is going on? Yep. Um. <laughs> Do we need anything else? I think I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm fucking good. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? 
Okay. <laughs> um, so make sure you follow us <laughs> on social media. <laughs> follow us on social media. Anime Savants. Yeah. Anime Savants. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you too. You too. <laughs> oh, shit. I. Oh my god, I'm crying. This is so... Oh my god. Oh. How did you find this? Just, it just bubbled up on my radar. Oh, oh. you can, okay. uh, you can, you can hit me up on Twitter <laughs> at Neural Handshake. One word. You can don't don't uh nobody DM me at all about this. <laughs> <laughs> if I see one dog nigga in my DM, you're getting blocked. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Instantly blocked. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Oh, I know someone is definitely gonna nah. <laughs> What the fuck were y'all talking about? <laughs> I already know the exact person who's going to be like, <laughs> so I just finished the episode. Oh, man. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I'm kind of back. Oh, sexual violence content. Okay, I am. I kind of want to hate read it. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I kind of no. want to hate read it. I kind of really No, do. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, that um. So basically, great pretender. We still not doing that yet. I I hope you guys have watched it. Um, um. I feel like we should be able to do that in like the next week or so. But it was just like you know we still had a lot of other stuff, the new things, and I think everything that we were interested in is already finished premiering. Yeah. So we can go back to the three with me then. But even we're, we're probably still going. There's so much other stuff right now to three with me that it's just like, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. But yeah, we'll be back with that next week. Um, let me let me exit this tab before I fucking fall out again. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get that off of my fucking second screen. Um, and uh, yeah, as we said before, you know, um, Anime Savants on Twitter, Anime underscore Savants on Twitter, Anime Savants on Instagram. Um, my Instagram, not my, not my Instagram. My Twitter is J B O N N T E R. Um, and yeah, that's me. And uh, you can hit me up at Neural Handshake, all one word, no DMs, not this week. <laughs> not, not a one. Okay, and that is all. I am out of here. <laughs> <God damn laughs> Peace out, y'all. Bye. <laughs>